everybody, and I'd like to welcome you back to the Outside the Technical Area podcast. I'm Daniel Olstead, um, and before we get started today, uh, I want to thank everyone for, for taking a listen to last week's episode. Um, I really just threw it out there, decided this was something I was going to do, and didn't really wait to do it, because uh, then I would have second-guessed myself and said, hey, let's not do this. Um, let's not put this out there, your ideas and thoughts, because no one's going to want to listen to them anyway. But I just figured, hey, let's do it, so I appreciate everyone who took a listen to last week's episode and I hope that it started some sort of thought process in your mind whether it's that I'm crazy and I have no idea what I'm talking about or that I could possibly have some valid things to say uh, I don't really know but I hope that it did did strike something uh, in you um, and maybe just started a, a new thought process or, or or rekindled an old one possibly um, and before we move on to this week's episode, I just want to direct you um, to our to all of our kind of social network and email. Uh, you can you can reach us at facebook.com backslash outside the technical area on Twitter at otta podcast um, and through email at outside the technical area at gmail.com. So if you've got questions, have something you want to ask, I have a comment, um, a concern, um, you want to tell me I'm crazy, then those are the venues to do it. Uh, so I hope to hear from you uh, again. I do this so that maybe we can start some discussions and and have some feedback and and have some conversations. Uh, so again, reach out in those ways. Um, Facebook.com backslash outside the technical area, Twitter at otta podcast and outside the technical area at gmail.com. Now as we dive into this week's episode, um, this was an experience that's happened regularly that I'm going to talk about, um, but just happened a couple weeks ago, um, so it brought it fresh into my mind and brought it into into the fold and got me thinking again uh, about about this situation and sort of got me thinking in a new way about it. So uh, two weekends ago, maybe, I guess about two and a half, two and a half, three weeks ago now I think about, um, I, was, I was coaching my under 12 girls team and we're on one field and right behind us, alongside us is, is another field. And a, boy, a couple boys' teams about the same age or possibly a year younger were, were playing. Um, and through the course of our game, uh, or pretty early on, we started about the same time, <laughs> their coach behind me, because uh, our benches were literally right up against each other, uh, was a very excitable person. Uh, I could tell he was passionate, I guess we could say is the word. Um, I think his passion might have been a little misplaced though um so at some point i hear him saying oh what what is he doing oh my oh oh and then the crowd erupts because a goal has been scored and then i hear i can't believe he just did that he just he just gave it to the other team oh and i'll paraphrase now uh, I don't remember the boy's name, but shouts the boy's name. Hey, you know we're wearing white, right? You know we're the white team, right? So so, can you pass it to our team? Because cause you've just passed it to the other team. Did you even look to see what you were doing? Because you've just given him the ball and they've gone and scored. So how about you start paying attention? How about you pass it to the right team? Because we're wearing white today, aren't we? And I was just kind of dumbstruck you know 
because automatically in my head, I'm trying to coach my team, trying to pay attention to our game, but automatically in my head, thinking, wow, I don't necessarily think that was the right way to handle that situation. I was in a way waiting for the kid's response. Be something like, oh, coach, just felt like giving him the ball. Or, I don't know, coach, uh, I know we're wearing white, but I thought we were doing too well in the game, so I wanted to give them a chance. Just felt like passing him the ball. He seemed like a nice kid. Because that kid made a mistake. Whether it led to a goal for the other team or not, it's a simple mistake. I don't know what led up to the mistake. I didn't see the exact situation that occurred. I only heard the response from the coach. And that's all I was really worried about that at that point. Because while I was still trying to pay attention to my game, my wheels are turning now saying, wow, that's... that that." Why is he reacting like that? Why is it okay for him to scream like that? Because that kid's just made a mistake. And now that coach is compounding that mistake by shaming that player. And not just by saying, hey, you did this wrong, but by basically questioning the child's intelligence. The kid knows his team's wearing white, right? He didn't wake up that day, put on his uniform, and then forget that they were wearing white. He didn't forget what team he was on. He's made a mistake. So whether it was lack of awareness for the field, he wasn't didn't see the field right, whether it was he was under pressure and his head went down and when he went to pass the ball, it went to another team, whether he panicked and, and just got rid of it quickly and it went to someone else, um, whether his technique was off and he went to pass it and through not the best technique, it ended up going to the other team. There, there was a, there was something that happened that was a mistake. It was not an intentional thing for him to give the other team the ball and have them go and score. But for some reason, this coach decided it was. Now, obviously he didn't think it was an intentional thing, but the sarcasm of the situation the, the putting down of the player, the questioning him on how he could do something like that, as if no player in the history of soccer has ever made a mistake before, before this kid. No one's ever passed it unintentionally to the wrong team before this player. Um, it's just kind of crazy, because I'm sure it's actually happened during that game, before that situation, and after. The situation that occurred, though, was misplaced pass, other team scores. For this coach, end of the world. And because it's so horrible that the other team scored, I'm going to take my frustrations out on this poor 10 or 11-year-old kid who is already upset, who's already probably frustrated with himself, because that happens, who's already feeling like I've let my teammates down or that was a mistake and uh, how could I have done that? So that coach then takes that moment for that kid and just compounds it. 
in front of his teammates, in front of parents and fans and siblings and aunts and uncles, possibly grandma and grandpa, whoever might be there, just tears this kid down. Now, before we get into talking about maybe the better way to handle that situation, from my point of view, my question then becomes, and, and I've thought about this over the last couple of weeks since that incident, and I'm not even just going to pigeonhole this into parent coach. Again, I'm a parent coach. I've got kids now. Um, volunteer coach or high-licensed coaches, A-license, B-license, UEFA, USSF. I'm not going to pigeonhole that into this situation of, well, this group does it and this group doesn't because I've seen it from every level. I've seen this same situation pretty much every weekend from volunteer coaches to high-level licensed coaches who coach premier level teams national league level teams straight up and down that 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 ladder why is it that youth soccer we'll say specifically but i think this might be across the board through youth sports in general why is this venue still a place where it's okay for an adult who's supposed to be an educator, who's supposed to be a teacher, because that's what we are. We're educators and teachers, the, the field, the court, the, the rink, wherever that venue is, that's our classroom. So we're educators. So why is it for some parents and players as they get older because players have a decision making process they get they get to have a voice in where they play and who they play for why is it okay to be in an environment where an adult an educator a coach can still tear kids down in that way why is it a, why is it a place where where families still find it okay and acceptable for coaches to shame their children to 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 tear them down to ridicule them at times to to publicly ostracize them to tell them they're not good enough why is that why is it why is youth sports still a venue that's okay for that I ask that because I don't think there's any other venue that it is okay or that we as a society say it's okay. Right? I've never been involved in a school choir or band recital concert where that same thing has happened where someone in 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 the flute section has missed a note and the conductor has 
heard it and just screamed out in the middle of the concert that they've made a mistake and how could they do that they were having a perfect performance until that one note was missed and how could they do that because now you've let the entire band orchestra symphony down you've let everyone down it was perfect until you did that it was perfect until Johnny hit that cymbal off beat and how could you do that you gotta be on beat you've gotta pay attention got to make sure that you're you're paying attention and we're on beat at all times because it we don't hear those things because it doesn't happen and if it did we wouldn't find it acceptable we've never been to a a dance recital or at least i've never been to a dance recital where the person's missed a step the dancers missed a step and you hear from off stage their teacher screaming at them. Now, I don't know if that kid walks off stage and maybe they get told that they've made a mistake or, or whatever the case may be. But you don't hear it, right? And maybe that teacher does it in a better way than screaming it at them while they're on stage, still trying to perform, still doing their best. We don't hear the director of the school play yell at the lead actor or actress or even the ensemble cast if they happen to miss a line or stumble over a line why don't we and why is it still acceptable for a kid to be ostracized or or put down on the on the field of play because they've made a mistake why is that venue okay why do why do parents accept that from a coach why isn't that coach held to a higher standard why isn't their child put in a better situation And I'm not saying team or technical development, but in a better situation from a coach who can react better to give a teaching moment in those situations rather than a shaming, putting down, tearing apart moment. Because for me, there's a much better way to handle a situation of a mistake. Whether it leads to a throw-in for the other team, a goal for the other team, a missed opportunity to score for our team. Mistakes are all mistakes. They're unintentional. Kid didn't mean it. Especially if it's something that leads to a goal by the other team, whether they're 8 or 18. There's automatically an internal feeling, because we've all been there, of feeling down. I've been there. I go into my head and just start beating myself up about it. Oh, man, if I had done this, oh, I can't believe I took that. That was a such, such a bad first touch. And then they went and scored. Oh, my God, I hope that doesn't happen again. I, I, oh, 
and you just kind of tear yourself apart a little bit until you, hopefully you, you get the the nerve up to say it's okay i'm okay but then from the sideline as that's going on internally you've got an adult yelling at you that you've made a mistake how could you do that how could you pass the ball to the other team you know what color we're wearing cut you down a little bit with each word keeps cutting the player down cutting down cutting down so now they're no longer playing for fun or for happiness or because they like the game they're no longer feeling free to dribble pass play and play and play now they're maybe starting to play out of fear i don't want to get yelled at anymore i can't make a mistake because i'm gonna get yelled at if i make a mistake i'm gonna get screamed at if i make a mistake so instead of trying to to pass that through ball that got intercepted and then they scored but i was really trying to find my striker there i was trying to find that pass and i thought i could make that pass and and we would go on to score i'm not going to try that anymore i'm just going to play my pass sideways i'm going to if i get in trouble i'm going to kick it out of bounds cuz cuz i don't want to make a mistake anymore because my coach is tearing me apart and now that player is afraid to play the game they're afraid to make mistakes as a coach that frustration came from obviously them scoring a goal and now the frustration is I'm going to take it out on this kid and we've lost what I think is a very 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 valuable teaching moment for that player that it is okay to make mistakes Whatever that mistake is, it's okay. They happen. They're going to happen throughout life. They're going to happen at your job when you're older. It's okay to make mistakes. As a coach, there's a teachable moment there that by cutting the kid down, by, by taking out that frustration on the player, not only are you maybe tearing apart that kid's self-esteem at that point, but you're also not doing your job as a coach. You're not doing your job to, to help them rectify the mistake in the future okay hey your first touch got away from you and then you had to rush your pass a little bit because you were under pressure so next time what could you do okay yeah you could maybe just try to keep that first touch a little bit closer to your feet hey when you took your first touch it was a good first touch but before you passed it your head went straight down you didn't pick your head up to find your target so what could you do the next time? Yeah, you could find your target. Make sure you find your target before you pass it. It's okay. Right? It's okay that you've made that mistake. Oh, I saw you were trying to play that through ball to your striker. Yeah, I saw what you were trying to do there. The next time, if that comes off, we're going to score a goal. Because it was all there. It was all it, The picture was all there for you. You're just Your technique was a little off. Don't be afraid to try that pass again because the next time it's going to happen and we're going to be the ones that go and score. So what could you do that's a little bit better with your technique? Sorry, I just smashed my desk there. So so what part of your technique could you fix? What 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 was the mistake? So there's two totally different sides 
to a player making a mistake that that leads to whatever goal like i said just giving away possession whatever the case may be two totally different sides of the coin one that's going to build the player back up and give them a chance for success in the future and one that's going to possibly for the foreseeable future make them afraid right and we have to look at in terms of where the most teachable moments come from our most teachable moments as coaches right while we want to catch the kids being positive and reinforce when we see them do something really well our really key key teachable moments come from mistakes that players make the mistakes are good that means the kids are trying it means they're trying to do something positive that means they're trying to do something it means they're playing So if everything's a success and everything's easy and everything's okay, there's very few teachable moments. There's, there has to be setbacks for those teachable moments. And as a coach, if we react to those setbacks, to those mistakes in a way that's harmful to the player, that tears them apart, tells them they're not good enough, we're not helping their development. We're missing valuable teaching points. We're missing key times to give information that is going to help that player, one, get through that moment and understand it's okay and that the mistake is okay, and two, help push them to be better the next time. Or maybe ten times after that because it might take them nine other times before they get it right. And then the eleventh time they might get it wrong again. Or make that same mistake and it's okay reinforcing the moment and teaching the moment is way more important than the goal that was given up it just depends on what your value is or, or what you see as valuable as a coach is it the fact that we're losing is it the fact that we've given up possession is it the fact that we've done this or is it helping to build the individual player is it helping to get them through that moment to understand that mistakes are okay to understand that they're going to happen and that we need to push forward through it we can find a solution because there's always a solution to fix the mistake it's our job as coaches to guide the players into finding those solutions and a lot of that guidance comes in the form of failure first mistake first let's guide let's build that player up rather than tearing them down so again two sides of the coin so why do we still at times turn a blind eye to the situation that was first presented which is mistake ridicule tear down blame shame in front of teammates in front of other adults 
why why do we why is youth soccer or youth sports if we want to if we want to throw a blanket over it an okay venue for us still to do that now if i don't talk about my own personal experiences in terms of myself being a coach i'd be i think hypocritical um i i again i've grown as a coach since i started um i may have possibly at one point in time been that coach um on the sideline uh who is next to me um, i don't think i was but I, I you know i very well may have been at times uh, especially in my younger my younger coaching career um but I know I've grown a lot since then. Although recently I had an experience that wasn't to that extreme, wasn't cutting a player down um, to, to that extent or, or individualizing or, you know, or, or looking at the individual player and, and, and doing what happened. My experience recently was, again, I think it was, you know, in that same week, my same team, my, my U12 girls team, had a game and the standard we had the girls had, had set for themselves over the course of the last year or so um, was is a pretty good standard of play uh, and we were playing a game and it was first half and I could tell right from the beginning that our level and our standard and was off um, it looked like we were moving slow. It looked like we were, our passes were under hit. It looked like our first touches were off. It looked like everything was was just not working. It was just one of those days. Looking back at it, it, it was just one of those days where things just weren't weren't coming off the way they normally would for us, which is okay. It happens. But because of the standard that we had set and the, the players had set for themselves and because of the standard we had we had kind of set as a team as a coach I started to find myself more and more frustrated with what was going on uh, we had a penalty awarded to us we missed the penalty um, maybe had another chance to, to to score again goals no goals that wasn't really what I was concerned about I was more concerned about what our level of play was the other team was awarded a penalty. They scored it. So everything was kind of just going against us um, in a way. And I found myself growing increasingly frustrated with things that were going on. Um, so much so that I kind of started to kind of stew in my frustration and, and kind of became a little bit quiet on the sidelines, which I generally am. Um, but my feedback to the players in, in key moments wasn't there. Um, so I felt like, again, it just, I was, I was getting frustrated and I was looking at the girls saying, what, what, you know, what's going on? So halftime whistle blew and I sat the girls down and there was no yelling. There was no individual, Hey, you're not doing your job. Hey, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. It was a collective conversation about effort um, and desire and making sure that we're putting our all in and giving 100% and and that, that kind of old conversation. Because what I saw in the first half 
all the the technical things that were going wrong, maybe the tactical things that were were missing, um, the the pace of the play, how quick we were closing the ball down and pressuring the ball defensively, you know, or sorry, how slowly it was happening at times, all in my head went they're not they're not putting in their effort they're not putting in effort, and I. That's what we talked about at halftime. So we talk. I give them a conversation about that. Hey, you have, you've got to do do better, better effort. I need you know more from you. You've got to give more to each other as teammates. You've got to do you know just just go out and give you know give more, give more effort. So the second half's played. We end up losing the game. Fine. We're gonna grow from it. We're gonna, you know, again, find teachable moments in the situation. And on the ride home from the field, I thought to myself, "I've let them down as a coach. I let them down, those players down, as as a coach, as an educator, because I allowed my frustration with things that were going on." I allowed that frustration to then lead me into missing valuable teaching moments, valuable key points that could have helped them during the game, that could have helped them become better players, to help them understand that, hey, it's okay that we're going through a tough time right now, but here's some ways that we can try to remedy it. And it most certainly was not just effort. They were putting an effort. They were doing the best of their ability on that day. It just wasn't the standard they had set, so it automatically became, this is an effort problem. And then as a coach, I compounded their effort problem, or what I perceived as their effort problem, by not helping them fix, or give them the tools for them to fix situations that were being presented on the field. I didn't give them what they needed, which was things like, hey, we've got to pressure the ball a little bit quicker in these areas because, or what should we do if we get the ball and we have space in front of us? We seem to be passing it very quickly, but the defenders are giving us more space. So what should we do in that situation rather than get rid of the ball quickly? We play, it's 9v9, so we play uh, goalkeeper, so 1, 3, 2, 3. So what could our forwards do, our, our outside wing forwards, our left and our right forward, what could those players do to help us out? Because they're coming very close to the middle of the field, and all of their players are in the middle of the field. So what could they do that could help us out in terms of finding more success? Right? And the girls, they would have had answers to those questions, and they would have helped problem solve. And maybe in the second half, we would have had a different story. But because I got frustrated as a coach with how I perceive things to be going, I missed valuable key, you know, key teaching moments that I, that I could have used that halftime talk for. That halftime talk was completely useless to me, looking back at it. It was useless to me. It was useless for them. 
it, it made had no no bearing on the game at all it didn't fix anything it didn't hurt anything it didn't improve anything for us it was just me talking out of frustration but here's where another teaching moment came in because i thought about this because I considered it on the ride home and then maybe the day after too because I like to stew on things sometimes, especially when I feel like I've made a mistake. Uh, I like to kind of go around and back and forth about it in my head. Is that the next time we had practice, the first thing I did when, we, when, when all the girls were there is I pulled them all over and I said, hey, before we get started, I've got to apologize to you girls. Because the other day at the game, I let you down as a coach. I let you down as the person who's supposed to give you, give you those tools, to give you the information, to help you be better as individuals and be better as a group. I, I failed you. Because that halftime talk didn't give you any information to help us fix what was going on, to help us become better, to help us, you know, to help us improve our situation. All that did was nothing. And as a coach, I missed a chance to teach. I missed the chance to give you something. So maybe that maybe that conversation was valuable. Maybe one of the girls or two of the girls took it in and said, you know what, yeah, I'm not giving my all right now and I, I need to. And, and maybe that's going to set them on the course for life to always give 100% in everything that they do. And in that moment, that might have been a great moment for them. But it didn't feel like it. It still doesn't feel like it today. So I apologize to them. I made a mistake as a coach. I missed a key teaching moment. And when I made that mistake, I didn't have someone over my shoulder screaming at me about it. I didn't have uh, uh, another coaching mentor or, or you know, my, my wife wasn't behind me yelling at me. My mom and dad were not behind me yelling at me. Um, there wasn't anyone yelling at me about the mistake. I could have walked away and never said anything about it. But I hope that by going to them and saying, hey, I've made a mistake, I, I, me I messed up, that they can understand that mistakes are okay and that we grow from them. Because hopefully I will, I'll go back and I look at that and I'll grow from that as a coach. I'll grow from that experience. I haven't done that in a long time, so I hope to grow from that experience. Is that, hey, just keep focused on the teachable moments keep focused on the things that that are going to help where are the things going on on the field that we can improve that we can that we can look positively at and the things that we need to fix the things that we can the mistakes how can we fix some of the mistakes that are going on i lost that moment and i let them down as a coach i let them down and, and for what I feel is a big way because that's a 10-minute conversation at halftime or a five-minute conversation or however long it is that we might be able to get some key teaching in. And I missed that because of my frustrations um, at, at what I perceived was going on out there, which probably wasn't the case. So in that moment of me making a mistake, I hope to give back to them and say, by owning up to this mistake, I want to get better. So on the field, if you make a mistake, it's okay. It's what we can do after that. How do we, how do we view that mistake 
in order to get better. Because mistakes happen. As coaches, it's up to us to give the players the ability to make mistakes, to have a growth mindset, to know that make mistakes are okay, and that's how we grow. We're going to grow through losses. If we win every single game, that's great. There doesn't tend to be a lot of growth from always being successful. You can ask any, I think, professional athlete that, and you can ask any, I think, successful entrepreneur or businessman or, or businesswoman, um, anyone who's, who's found that success in life, that some of their biggest learning moments that shaped them into who they are came from mistakes, came from failures. So I thank you for listening again today. Um, I hope that you, that what, what I've said has maybe striked up, you know, struck up some, some thoughts um, as to why sports is still a place where it's okay for, for kids to, you know, at times be, be put down by adults by their coach, by someone who should be a positive, real positive role model and influence on their lives. Um, and, and you know, the understanding that mistakes happen everywhere and, and, and it's okay and that players are going to make them and we as coaches need to be the people that guide them into better solutions, better ability technically, and, and help them problem solve those mistakes um, to become better and to not be fearful of mistakes, but to accept them and see them as a key point in learning. And as coaches, that we find those mistakes as a key point in teaching and not in hurting players' self-esteem, hurting their joy for the game, hurting their love for the game. Um, so if you have comments or thoughts or, or concerns about what I've said today, uh, if you want to strike up a conversation, I would love to hear from you. Uh, again, you can reach us at facebook.com backslash outside the technical area or on Twitter at OTTA podcast or through email at outside the technical area at gmail.com. Again, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope that you'll come back next week and have a listen. 